and welcome to Dragon Bites Basics, the paediatric podcast aimed at healthcare students or anyone in need of a refresher of common paediatric conditions. I'm Asim, one of the paediatric trainees here in Wales and one of the founders of Dragon Bites. Our Dragon Bites Basics episodes are hosted by local medical students who discuss paediatric topics with trainee paediatricians from across Wales. Before we get started, I just want to remind everyone that this is an introductory podcast and not meant to replace your regular revision. Bear in mind that practice will change depending on locality and as new evidence comes to light. This week's episode is about appendicitis. Our Dragon Bites Basics host this week is Emily Jenkinson, a medical student from Swansea University, and she discusses this topic with Ms Carmen Francis, a surgical trainee based in Wales. Anyway, let's get started. Hello and welcome to Dragon Bites Basics with me, Emily Jenkinson, a medical student from Swansea Uni. Today we're joined by Miss Carmen Francis, um, who's just finished core surgical training um, with a special interest in paediatric surgery. And she's kindly agreed to talk to us about the acute abdomen, focusing on appendicitis today. Hi, Carmen. Hi, it's nice to join you for the podcast today. Thank you very much. So... I suppose for myself and the listeners, would it be great, all right if we work through a case um, of appendicitis? Yeah, that's great. Brilliant. So I suppose when presented with a child with appendicitis, what would you be looking out for and what would be the clinical signs? Um, well, with children presenting with appendicitis, they can present in lots of different ways. And as, um, as previously, if you've listened to some of the other podcasts, children always present atypically. So um, with children, it starts with pain in the umbilical area okay that's visceral pain and sometimes this pain can move to the right iliac fossa and that's the pain we all know at McBurney's point you could call it um and that's very typical for appendicitis but children don't always present that this way um they can definitely have anorexia so they're off their food and they can have vomiting as well okay and um it's not it's not usual for them to have high fevers um or um or anything like that. Um, if if the appendix has perforated, they can obviously present with high fevers and diarrhea, but usually the mainstay is uh, a grumbling pain that starts in the umbilicus and has uh, moved to their right iliac fossa. Okay, so you're looking at pain for McBurney's point that started in the umbilicus, moved across the right iliac fossa. Mm-hmm. And in my reading, I've also come across something called Rosving's sign. Is that something yeah. that you see? Yes, yeah, so Rosling sign. I haven't. It's. Um, I haven't seen it in a lot of children, but it's when you um, when you palpate the left iliac fossa, yeah, and there is pain in the right iliac fossa, and Ros- that means there's peritoneal symptoms because you're because it's because of the peritoneal pain. So mm-hmm. um, that's a yes. That's a sign that the appendicitis probably progressed a little bit more because if you start with visceral pain, the pain can then travel to the uh, parietal peritoneum and uh, that's what causes that pain okay interesting all right so um is appendicitis i suppose a clinical diagnosis or are there tests as well that you do to confirm appendicitis is definitely a clinical diagnosis um obviously if you are unsure especially in girls um, at the pubertal age you can do an ultrasound of the abdomen and pelvis to see if there's any free fluid in the pelvis because it could be an ovarian cyst or it could even be a torsion of the ovaries as well um 
So it is always a clinical diagnosis. And if in doubt, you can go ahead and do a diagnostic uh, lap, a lap, a diagnostic laparoscopy um, to see if there if there's anything, uh, if the appendix is inflamed. We would still go ahead out and take the appendix this way as well. But appendicitis is definitely a clinical diagnosis. Obviously, you'll def, you, you, can, uh, you can have high markers of uh, infection, especially in the blood, such as white blood cells, CRP, yeah. and also... Uh, um, uh, also ESR and also in the urine dip you can get leukocytes and nitrites okay but you're mainly relying on that right iliac phosphopane yeah you're mainly mainly relying on a good history and a good clinical examination and that is your mainstay for diagnosing uh, appendicitis okay brilliant and that history will be hopefully if it's a typical one pain from the umbilicus to the right iliac fossa and yeah. the child, I suppose, will just generally look quite uncomfortable, not able to like lay on the right side. So it's exactly, and it will be a very and also a good history tells a lot because it will be a very short history because yeah. you won't have an appendicitis that's going on for two weeks. And if that is the case, then you know it's something. A very long history means only one of two things: that it's not appendicitis, or it's appendicitis that's become more complicated. So it's formed a mass or something else. But yes. Okay, brilliant. And in children, what would be the no, um, the main cause of appendicitis, or is it quite varied? Appendicitis. The etiology of appendicitis is lots. Lots of people have debated this, um, but it sometimes people say it's intraluminal obstruction of the appendix. So the appendix is um, it does have a lumen, yeah, and it's at the base of the cecum, and apparently it's intestinal obstruction now it can be by a fecalith or it can be by lymphoid hypertrophy as well um and because of this obstruction there is increasing luminal pressure and then this can cause vascular compromise and then it can go into wet gangrene and then perforation and so on so um it's because of this obstruct this luminal obstruction and that's what we say is the etiology for appendicitis but is not well known it's not well researched and we still don't know why okay yeah and i know anyone can get appendicitis but is there a typical age you see in children or is it just quite varied again it's quite varied again very young so i've seen patients from four-year-olds to these uh, 17 year olds get it but obviously i have actually seen appendicitis in neonates as well so it's very varied appendicitis doesn't always um, have an age range. Yeah. Okay. And are there any risk factors um, for appendicitis? There are no um, risk factors for appendicitis. Yeah. No. No. So there's no no genetic link or family history or whatever that puts you no. at higher risk. No. I mean, especially when parents come, they'll be like, "I had my appendix taken out," but it doesn't. There's no genetic predisposition. Yeah. It's just that obstruction that causes the irritation. So it's just yeah. That that's one of the hypotheses that causes yeah. apparently that causes appendicitis. Okay. And so you said the key is the history. So what would you say the key questions to ask? Is it the acute onset and then trying to just, I suppose, nail down where exactly that pain is? Exactly. So all those all, all those questions you ask with anything that's related to pain, when the pain started, the intensity yeah. of the pain, what relieves the pain, all of those um all of those clusters of questions should be asked here as well. Especially with females, you should also ask about periods because it could uh, because you you could have lots of other structure in the, in the pelvis that can cause pain for girls. 
You should also do a testicular examination if it's if the child is a boy, um, because it can mimic uh, testicular pain. Can also uh, some of the nerves come from the umbilicus, so it can also it's interchangeable. Yeah, pain if it's testicular torsion or if it's appendicitis. So those should also be ruled out. Obviously, um, you should do a pregnancy test in young girls um, that come in of the pubertal age as well. So these are things that should you should have a keen eye for. Um, but a yeah. good short history and pain is and uh, high inflammatory markers uh, when taking bloods is a key diagnosis for appendicitis. Okay, perfect. So I suppose once you've got um, this picture of appendicitis, would ser- so ser- presumably surgery is the next step? Um, yeah, so when, you know, once you've got the, once you've got the uh, diagnosis for appendicitis, um, obviously it should be operated in a reasonable time and that's al- also uh, at a safe opportunity as well when theatres are open. Yeah. Um, so preferably not at night for paediatric cases. Um, yeah. So if you've got the, uh, the if you've got... Um, if you've got the diagnosis that it is appendicitis um, or a strong inclination that it is appendicitis, then a antibiotic should be started, fluid should be started, and patient should be prepped and ready to go to theatre the next day. Okay. So all of that should be prepped for um, that. Or if it's in daylight hours, they can be taken that day. Um, if you are unsure, if it isn't appendicitis, you should not start appendicitis. Uh, you should not start antibiotics, as it can mimic other pathologies. Uh, as it can, sorry, not mimic, as it can cover or mask other pathologies. Okay. So, um, it should not saying that you should delay to start antibiotics. But if you definitely don't think it's append- appendicitis, there's no reason to start antibiotics straight away. Obviously, other uh, other investigations can be done, like an ultrasound especially in, as I said before, in females, it's very helpful. And even sometimes a CT or MRI have been known to done, yeah, uh, yeah known to be performed on children. And if, um, if it's still unsure, you could do, you could go ahead and do a, lapros- a laparoscopic uh, diagnostic lab. Okay. Okay. Brilliant. So I think that's, I suppose, everything of appendicitis, quite short and sweet. Um, but if, so if you say, just say for myself and the listeners, what would be the key take point? home points when dealing with appendicitis a really good thorough history and clinical examination that will really um allow you to diagnose if it's appendicitis or not obviously yeah. you've got many other good investigations to hand such as bloods urine dip and mm-hmm. other imaging so that can also be used and um once the child has taken has had the appendix taken out um the extreme recovery, um, uh, the, I mean, the extreme uh, quickness of recovery after appendicitis is, is quite amazing to see how yeah. well the child is afterwards as well. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, with appendicitis, it's all about history and clinical di- uh, clinical examination. Okay, brilliant. So looking out for, and I suppose for exams, it's that McBurney's point and potentially Rosling signs, the two big clinical yes. signs for med students and exams. Thing guarding as yeah. well and um obviously with your clinical examination a good um inspection um um palpation auscultation and percussion yeah okay so, all of those yeah brilliant well i think that's great i know i've learned a lot and hopefully so have our listeners so thank you ever so much for your time <laughs> thank you thank you And I just wanted to say thank you to both 
Emily and Carmen for recording that episode for us. Join us again next week when we'll be going back to our main Dragon Bites episode, and this time focusing on an example of reflective practice. Thank you for listening to Dragon Bites.